welcome everybody to episode 42 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I'd like to sincerely thank all the interviewees, listeners and the soccer public of the Illawarra slash Australia who download this podcast. I must note that we do have some international listeners, so thank you for the people that download around the world. Additionally, I'd like to say thank you to the people who contribute, comment and reminisce on the social media pages. Please note, if you have any Illawarra soccer team pictures, newspaper articles, programs or artefacts that you'd like to share, please get in contact with me. This episode's interviewee was born in 1955 in Oyster Bay in the Sutherland Shire, where he played for the Georges River Tigers in 1963. In 1966, Phil Luskin then moved to the North Sutherland Rockets. In 1967, Phil moved to the Illawarra as his dad had a job down here in the area. Due to this move, he joined the Dapto Olympic Football Club in the junior ranks. In 1970, as a 15-year-old, Phil was picked to play first grade at Dapto Olympic. Playing out of Lakelands Oval, Phil learned the goalkeeping trade amongst men. During this period, Phil was additionally playing soccer at school and made the Southern Illawarra High School's representative team. The Dapto High student then was selected along with other Illawarra players, Millet Terziofsky and Brian Dodd, in the 1973 New South Wales Combined High Schools team. This team travelled to Adelaide to play in the Australian Championship, playing three games. The New South Wales team drew their three games and held onto the Australian Championship as they held it from the previous carnival. The highlight of this carnival was playing alongside future Socceroos in Mark Jankovics and John Cosmina. Late in 1973, Phil started training with St George Budapest, along players such as Jim Fraser, Manfred Schaefer and Johnny Warren. Although a great experience, Phil decided to trial locally with Baugiani, who were in the second division of the State League. In 1974, after being selected by Baugiani, he played under coach George Ramage at Baugiani Sports Ground. In this stint, he played with some great players that year, and it culminated in Phil being awarded Baugani Soccer Club's Player of the Year. And additionally, in April 1974, Phil played with Baugani against an Australian second eleven in a warm-up game for the Australian team as part of their preparations for the World Cup in Germany that year. After the first few weeks of 1975, he stopped playing with Baugani due to work and life commitments. He then returned to Dapto for a couple of seasons. In 1977, he joined Fig Tree, and it is here where he spent the rest of his soccer career. At Fig Tree, Phil spent time in both first grade and reserve grade, and additionally was on the committee up until his retirement at the end of the 1985 season. Here, Phil spent just under 10 years and amassed some fantastic friendships, which endure through to today. And Phil is clear about the joy and ongoing friendships he has from his West Fig Tree playing days, which says a lot about him and the people at the club. It was fantastic and a pleasure to interview Phil. My respect goes out to him and his wife Kate for allowing me into their home and giving up their time. Phil's journey was a pleasure to record and I hope you enjoy the interview as much as I enjoyed recording it.
welcome everybody to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I'm here with Phil Luskin, a very, very special guest, and I'm in the leafy surrounds of Taraji. Phil, welcome and thank you for allowing me into your home. Uh, thanks, Trav. I can call you a tracker. Yep, that's fine. Yeah. Let's uh, start at uh, the beginning of your soccer journey. You were mm-hmm. born in 55. Uh, what are your first memories of your uh, soccer journey? Um, I played for a local team. I lived in Oyster Bay back then in the Sutherland Shire. Yep. I played for the local team, the Georgia River Tigers. And I, I just got a little piece of paper here. It, um, it's called the Tiger Tales, Georgia's River Junior Soccer Club. This was the newsletter. Yep. This is the first, one, the first game I played in 1963. And it's dated the 17th of August. And it said, um, uh, after good work by Phil Lussing playing in his first game, who was a tower of strength. Tower so, of strength. A tower of strength I was back then. <laughs> um, I played for uh, the Georges River Tigers till 1965. Yep. Then I transferred across to another local team called uh, North Sutherland Rockets. So with the Georges River Tigers, um, did you have other siblings that played the game or did you just have a, an interest in, and said to your parents, I want to play soccer? Bas- basically, that um, it was through school as well. Yep. Um, it just so happened my dad had a utility, so come Saturday, eight, eight or so of us would pile in the back <laughs> of the 1963 Holden that my dad had, and he'd drive us everywhere out to Ingadine, which, you know, nowadays you could never do. But we all just track. piled in there, and away we went. But, um, no, I really enjoyed the game. I had a love for it. I had a passion for it. And um, I, um, when I started back in 63, I just knew that's what I wanted to do, for the, you know, until I could play no more. And... It- and in regards to that, um, those first couple of years at George's River Tigers, um, <clears throat> do you remember your first coach or, or a couple of teammates that sort of spring to, spring well, it, to mind? It's funny you should say that. Uh, yeah, Chris, Chris Randall was my first coach and his son played in the team as well. But it's really strange. I remember about two years later, we won a, um, a knockout, a gala day knockout. Yep. And um, we had a photo taken and I worked at the University of Wollongong down here. And one day I was talking to this lady and she sort of said, oh, I live in, I live in Oyster Bay. And I said, oh, I used to live in Oyster Bay. And she, she said, oh, you might know my husband. Anyway, what it was, her husband played in my soccer team. Oh, wow. And I said, I've got a photo of him has got your husband. And she said, I've got one too. So <laughs> the next day we met and we showed each other the same photo. It was amazing. That, so that was like 30 years later, I suppose. Wow. So it was, uh, it was just... Um, it was just um, poet, uh, po- poignant is the yeah. word I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, what about um, most people in the, and we'll get to the latter part of your career where you, you came to, a, to the Illawarra area and, mm-hmm. and, and, and played in, in different leagues and different teams, but um, we, you're known as a goalkeeper mm-hmm. here, but, but back in those junior days, you weren't playing in goals, were you? No. Was, so where were you playing? I was a centre forward, actually. <laughs> I was a striker. Um, that's when I was at um, Georgia River Tigers. When I moved to North Southern Rockets, um, they put me back at left fullback. <clears throat> and back then I just had a pre- predominant right foot. Yep. So every training, um, one, one uh, um, parent would come along and he'd just continually throw balls at my left foot, <laughs> which in hindsight um, helped me as a goalkeeper later on because I could kick with both feet. Yeah. And and the move from uh, George's River Tigers to North Sutherland Rockets um, was that more a, a movement at home or or just a, a change of scenery? Um, one of my good friends moved over there, and I went across, and it wasn't really 
didn't go down too well with all the kids I went to school with. <laughs> but it just so happened, so luckily, my dad got a transfer to the Illawarra the following year. So <laughs> we came down to the um, DAPTO in 1967. So that's uh, what I was going to ask, because in 67 and, and through to 73, you, mm-hmm. you joined the, the DAPTO Olympic Football Club. Yep. And I think uh, one of the one of the gentlemen that sort of formed that club was David Childs, who, who had a bit of interaction uh in in a few a few clubs and and the district um, as an administrator. So, uh, what were your memories of uh, coming down to the Illawarra and joining DAPTO? Well, um, at that stage, I remember I um, t- turned up to um, to um, register on the day, and um, as you do, everyone's kicking the ball around, and I went in goals, and I was you know saving here and saving there, and um, we we're just joking around. But there happened to be a guy there called Andy Morris, yeah. um, and he was our coach that year. And um, he saw the potential in me and put me in goals. And that's where I started and finished in, in my career. So it was more, <coughs> a, again, another coincidence or chance it moment is. where you just turn up to training, involve yourself with the new teammates and, and getting goals like we all do when yep. we're kids. Yep. And then that's where the, the goalkeeping journey started. It did. It did indeed. And um, a lot of good memories along the way. So there at um, DAPTO, uh, or DAPTO Olympic, um, and, and I think just as an aside, uh, David Childs, when I had spoke to him a couple of months ago, said that um, I think it was there was nothing in particular about the uh, Olympic part of the name. He just added it to add a bit of gravitas to the to the name. So um, well, that's news to me. I mean, I, I always knew it as <laughs> Dapto Olympic, um, but uh, no, it was good. I had some good times there. So you're in the junior ranks there and, mm-hmm. and and you're playing at Lakelands Oval that's right so both the would you be going down um, on the weekends to watch the the senior team play I did I, did. I, I used to um, I was really lucky actually we had a really good soccer team um, that we formed and it was made up of because Coonawarra was there a lot yep. of English um, kids came across immigrants that, yeah, yeah Steve Johnson and um, we had a lot of local players too Peter Nearly yep. um, and we formed a really good side and very lucky. Um, Dapco was going through a lot of transitional things at that stage, and I got picked to play first grade when I was 15. So you're there, um, I guess, playing, you know, when you joined in 67, you're probably playing under 12s or, yep. or turning 12 that year. Yes. And then, you know, within the space of two or three seasons, mm-hmm. you're then uh, playing with the men. That's right. So, so how did that come about? Did someone, I guess, identify you or come up to your mum and dad or yourself and say, Come along with the, the senior guys here and have a training session? Yeah, um, but basically that's how it started anyway. Um, and I thought I'd just be playing reserve grade, but yep. um, I went um, into first grade. Um, and back then it was, a, it was a very eye-opening. I was only a young kid and I was in the dressing sheds with two other young blokes, Peter Nearly and um, Bruno German. Yep. And at that stage we got all these Geordies that come across and... Uh, <laughs> I'd be in the dressing shed and they'd start arguing. They started throwing punches at one another, <laughs> and we're all on the same team. Like being a young kid and a young adolescent, um, uh, I just it was we, very confronting. It was, um, and I remember one stage uh, the three of us got up and walked out because it was it was too too much for three young kids. So we're talking there. Um, I guess around about fifteen. You're talking more. 1970, 1971, that you sort of 70, moved yeah, into nine, the senior ranks? 1970, it would have been, yes. And, and do you recall, um, you know, the formative years as a teenager, do you recall, um, you mentioned some of the younger blokes that you were sort of hanging around in the mm-hmm. senior club, 
but do you remember the coach or, or any of the other senior members of the team? He's oh, coach wise. I, I can remember him. He was a Frenchman at one stage. Um, yep. Tommy Kay. Yep. Uh, Tommy Kay's a uh, synonymous with Dapta. Yeah, Great yeah, player. Big name in the yeah. UR area. Hard and tough. Yeah. Um, I can remember most of the players that I played with. Like um, when I first started, it was uh, Martin Rigney was a fullback. Yep. Um, Jimmy English was the other fullback. Um, striker Cole Keaton, um, Keith Wall. Um, and with the Geordies, we had uh, Billy Fenwick, Billy yep. Griffith, Sid Wesley, and also John Rye. And um, John Rye, was, he, was a, he was a die-on as well. Very hard man, you know, builder and tough as nails. Oh, so, and the Sheedy brothers. So you come in at, at, at 15 and you've got a couple other friends there in Neely and German. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not friends, but other people of your own age group. So uh, when you're out in the field uh, playing amongst men, did you ever in those first couple of games get extreme nerves? Um, I guess back then, goalkeeping... Um, they're not as protected as they are now. The game was vastly different yep. from a physical aspect. So was it the, your teammates, you had confidence in them and confidence in your own ability? Yeah, um, definitely. The only thing I lost when I was playing was a lot of skin. <laughs> Back in those days, we didn't have protected, protective clothing or gloves or anything like that. And the balls were solid, you know, leather. And yep. once they got wet, they were like lead. So, um, and Lakelands Oval wasn't the best oval to play on because <laughs> they played cricket for most of the off-season, and it'd be hard as nails once, you know, the, the 18 got dug up, and for the rest of the year, you just lost heaps of skin off your thighs and knees. <laughs> Each year, you'd play a bit of cricket as well. That's right. And, and you're a wiki-keeper. Mm-hmm. Do you think there was a bit of symmetry there that um, with some of the skills as a wiki-keeper um, sort of rubbed off or helped you in, in your soccer career? Uh, yeah, um, but back back in those days, I had to make a decision whether I played cricket or soccer because yep. um, they overlapped. Whereas nowadays, I think they've you can finish a cricket season and play soccer, soccer. if you want to. So um, soccer was my passion. So I gave away cricket, but took it up again when I retired. And during that, um, for you, you, you had probably two or three seasons there at Dapdo Olympic mm-hmm. in in the senior grade. Mm-hmm. You know, seventy one, seventy two, seventy three. <coughs> um, is there games that sort of stick out for you um, in that period? It's a bit hard to re- remember all that f- that far back. Um, I know that um, we played in a grand final against Unidera in 73. Yep. Um, I remember it was either 3-0 or 3-1 I th- and Peter Nelly scored two goals that day. He was um, a striker who later converted to... Um, central defence, <laughs> as he, as he, uh, as probably as he's, in, when you're young, you're a lot more fitter. Yeah. Uh, and um, I think as you get older, you get more, um, what do you call it, more conscious. Yep. And um, more sensible too, I suppose. And and in regards to your your teammates there at um, at Dapdo, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned in your timeline in particular. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Keith Miller. Yes. Can you can you tell us uh, and me and the listeners uh, a bit more about Keith and and where he played and and what made him sort of catch your eye even in remembering your career? Um, well, I, I remember. Uh, I'm sure he was the Illawarra Soccer Player of the Year in 1970, 1973. I'm guessing yep. it'll be around that time anyway. But I played with him. Um, uh, English guy, beautiful skills on the ball, off the ball, hard, yep. uh, fast, and um, he knew exactly where the goals were too when he needed to. 
But um, having said that wasn't selfish. We'd always lay a ball off. Sometimes you get really good players who you know want to beat the whole team twice <laughs> before they, they attempt to have a shot, or but they just want to keep the ball to themselves. And uh, for him, uh, was he just a standout in the, in those DAPTO teams when you when you're looking back then? It's hard. I mean, you know, become a Laura Player of the Year. Well, naturally, you did yeah. stand out in in in, in all games. But um, as I said, he did have some really good players ar- around him. Um, as I said, we always had the Geordie connection. But then, then there were, as I said, there were some really hard players, and it was a mixture of youth and um, and seniors. Well, I, I guess that's an important uh, aspect, mm-hmm. um, as as the Laura's got a rich history in in different diasporas uh, coming to. To our area, the Macedonians, the Serbians, mm-hmm. the Croatians, um, you know, the Spanish and the Portuguese and, and I guess the English, mm-hmm. um, that sort of immigration going down to Dapto once they got through the hostels. and I think so. And basically, Kunawara was a uh, commission area when yep. it first started for, for English immigrants, yep. um, but predominantly English anyway. And um, Lake Lansover was just across the road, basically. So it was just a natural progression, I presume, for them to, you know, Go with Adapto and play for them, and and during this period as well, um, you, you're playing uh, soccer at, at at school, and and then um, you had the the sort of representative teams at mm-hmm. in school in that era. So um, can we talk a bit about you know um, the Southern Illawarra High School's representative team, and then um, the New South Wales High School representative team that you made? Because mm-hmm. um, do you think that you know playing senior football that early sort of accelerated your growth and then helped you in, in these representative teams? Oh, definitely so. Um, by that stage, um, I could read a game really well, yep. personally. Um, and I was a lot of, uh, very confident in the air. Um, I didn't think of, of my body being hit or anything like that just when I instinct. went to take a ball. It was just all instinctive, yep. Um, the selection in the, um, was it the Southern Illawarra High Schools? Um, that was a selection process, naturally. Um, all schools got together and we did trials. Um, and out of that, we had a team that went to Sydney to try out um, or played a round-robin competition against um, Southern Sydney, Northern Sydney, Riverina. Yep. So it was a mixture of um, different areas. And through that, we, um, we were undefeated. Um, we had a really, really good side. And a couple of good names that will come out of that is Brian Dodd yep. and Mile Tosioski. Yep. Uh, very good friends. Over the time we played soccer together, don't sort of see each other now, but... When you do, I'm it's... sure it's like anything. When we run into each other, we'll we'll have <laughs> tales to tell. And and from that um, that carnival where mm-hmm. the different areas uh, uh, played games against each other, you then selected for the in '73 for the New South Wales uh, uh, combined high school combined high schools team. That's right. And um, we travelled to Adelaide, and we held the cup um, from the previous year. We went down there. And we had three one all draws. And based on the fact that we held the cup and it was a drawn, we retained the cup. But we had um, some really good players in the side. Two of them were Australian representatives in the future in Mark Jankovic yeah. and John Cosmina. And, and could you see um, at that time that, that those guys um, were sort of, I guess, very talented and that were a bit different from the other guys? Or was it just... I think John Cosmina was a really hard worker, midfield. Yeah. Um, um, he wasn't as selfish as Mark was. Every time Mark got the ball, <laughs> although he had a lot of speed, he he kept it. So, yep. uh, needless to say, I think he scored the three one, the three goals that we scored in each of the <laughs> draws. But uh, 
Uh, I think we're, you know, we're lucky. We played at Hindmarsh Stadium, which was really good. And uh, I think we stayed at the uh, YMCA. And, and for you uh, personally, was it um, a great moment being selected for your state um, and then and, and going on this uh, sort of carnival down to Adelaide? It was. It was uh, and I was the first person in Dapto Hire soccer player to be yep. chosen as a representative, which was groundbreaking because Dapto Hire was renowned as a rugby league. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, fort, fortress, I would say. And soccer wasn't, it was sort of second fiddle. So, um, yeah, it was good. And later on down the track, Paul Kay played for Australia. He, yep. he was at Dapdale High. He was chosen the, um, the high school as well. And for you, uh, I guess that um, 73 year was, um, I guess, phenomenal in the sense that you, you're playing first grade. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably 17, turning 18 mm-hmm. at, at some point there. But you um, you make this representative combined high schools team for New South Wales. You're playing first grade for Dapdo Olympic, and then uh, at December um, you then s- sign with the uh, state federation team Baugani. Can mm-hmm. you talk a bit, if you can recall, about how that came about? Who called you? Um, what was it like? Firstly, um, prior to that, I'd trained for two months with St George of Budapest in okay. in Sydney. I um, I used to drive up three times a week. Um, I was with players like um, Johnny Warren, yep. um, uh, what's his name, um, Manfred Schaefer, yep. um, Ron McGarry, uh, Jim Fraser was a keeper, and for the first two weeks they didn't know I was a goalkeeper. They thought <laughs> they thought I was up there just as a you know as a player until I told them I played in goals. So and Jim Fraser and I used to train together, but so how did it just that, got too much. How did that come about? Um, that invitation to go to St George Budapest. I can't remember to tell you the truth, but um, I think it was probably one of the people in the Dapto knew somebody, yep. so I went up there. And they, they were really good. Um, it was straight over Tom Ugly's Bridge in Cars Park, but um, I had an old 1969 Falcon. I was <laughs> lucky it made it up and back every time, but uh, uh, as I said, it just got a little bit too much. And um, I was approached um, by Peter Nelly. Peter's been a really good friend of mine. We've known each other since I moved down here and he was going out to trial for Balgownie in the yep. State League so I thought I'll give it a go too and it was uh, George Ramage was the coach yep. and um, I was lucky enough to be selected in the squad so uh, for the next that year I made the first grade side um, and we won, the, we won the title but we didn't win in the grand final we got knocked out but had some great players and um, it was um, a selection of all the best players in the Illawarra and I guess, um, you know, that was the 74 season that you played. But in terms of that select being signed up in 73, there was a bit of a tension there as well that, you know, you, you got the back page of the Mercury and, uh, yeah. and um, you know, you got the, the obligatory and uh, interview with Phil Murphy. So um, yeah. was that a... Phil liked me for some reason, maybe because we had the same name. I'm not sure. <laughs> he used to write really nice things about me. So um, I used to appreciate him for that anyway. But. And, and, and how was it seen back then that, um, you know, obviously it was the next tier up. Mm-hmm. Um, was it really seen as sort of something to aspire to as, as a local player that, yeah, you're playing the local ranks in the two divisions that there were, but mm. if you had the opportunity to play in one of the three grades in this, that state league, either Bowgowney or South Coast United, that mm. you'd take that opportunity? Exactly, yeah. Um, I did go out and it was Safeway yeah, back then. Yeah, it was Safeway then. Yeah, um, and I just didn't like I just didn't like the feel. Yep. Balgani had a better fit for me, um, 
and um, some of the players around, uh, players I'd played with in the, in, the, um, in the local league. But it's like anyone, you know, like you can, you can, I could have stayed in the local league and played first grade yep. for, for longer, but I was interested in going a little bit higher. Just testing yourself. Yeah. So um, in terms of the ground itself there, it, well, it was probably Bowgowney Sports Ground back mm-hmm. then. Um, uh, what were your uh, uh, thoughts on that when you turned up to training? Uh, it wasn't a bad ground back then, but it's like it's like all grounds. They're really nice at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Come the end of the season, it's a little bit different. But having said that, because we are playing in the State League, we only had 11 home games. Yep. So there's 11 away games. Yep. Um, and that varied from Bankstown to Manly, uh, Liverpool, all, all around. Yeah, But um, I remember, and I keep saying to George Ramage now, um, I'd never been as fit as I had while I was under him. And I can remember we used to run along the beach and he used to run us up the hills at Coromel, just about killed us. <laughs> and if, if, he'd, if he got over that, he'd, he'd, run, he'd piggyback someone up the hills and then he'd run us all the way up the back of Foothills Road, Algowney, where it's the steepest road I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so he, um, he, he knew what he was doing and um, he was pretty good at um, encouraging people to um, play under him as well, or as a coach, I should say. And what about yourself there? Because George was a keeper, mm-hmm. and you're a keeper. Do you think there was, um, you know, he gave extra focus, which wasn't the norm back then, to to the keepers in the squads? I don't think so. No, no? Uh, I think um, he just um, let's rest on our our own um, capabilities. Yep. Um, there wasn't any special training for me, or for there was Frank Haffey was there later yeah. on. Daryl Glover came along. Graham Edwards. Yeah, I was just lucky, I suppose. I made the first grade team and I played the whole year, which is, I think, I'd played the most games out of anybody in that first year. Because the, the names that you're playing with, there's, mm-hmm. there's some, you know, some Hugh Tinney, um, Don Shanks was there for a little while. He came while. out later on, yeah. And, and Matthias, um, John Lavin, um, Wayne Ronald locally. Steve Davis local, Johnny yeah. Cropper local. Yeah. So um, how was it to interact with sort of a mix of, mix of guys <coughs> that have, had various careers and, and are very skillful compared to when you were playing with Dapto? Well, I think we all knew where we were at. We knew what page we were on. We were all yep. there for, a, for our own um, gratification. You know, we, we decided, all of us, that we were going that next step. So yep. we combined really well. I mean, as I said, we won, that, we won that year that we played. So the likes of Glenn Fontana, Steve Royal, yeah. uh, fantastic guys, uh, Jimmy Cannon, um, Ross Patterson, an, an, another local Balgownie boy. And and what about um, you know like you said was the team sort of cohesion? Did that help by those away games? Because you're not just travelling locally; you're travelling <coughs> to Sydney every second week into various places. Mm-hmm. You know, Manly, Western Sydney, and and the like. So do you think? Um, I'm assuming you're carpooling up with. I with didn't actually, or you just I drove myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think a major- there could have been some carpooling, but I think a majority of them like they had wives and girlfriends, so. Yep. They'd come along, so it was more as a family outing as well. And and what about the the crowds there um, locally at Balgani, and then some of the the away games? Do mm. any of them really stand out where there was some big crowds? I know that we had trouble to get to get crowds to Balgani yep. um, at the beginning of the season. Yep. Um, during the season when we we're going well, there was a lot more turning up, but it was always a problem. Yep. Um, I don't know. I think we tried to promote us as much as anything, but when you got a um, Safeway United. Mm. At, as the next tier up, it was more um, pointed towards them in the papers, and yeah. and I, I can remember myself going out to Bulls Paddock and sitting on the hill with you know ten thousand other people and just <laughs> watching South Coast United back then, and then Safeway later. So uh, I think 
you know, common sense tells you that, you know, it was pointed towards the, the higher league. And, and what about some of the uh, other teams in that second division that year in that state league? Were there some um, crowds or, or grounds that you recall? Uh, it's a long time ago. I remember our first game was against Battenstown and it was in pouring rain. And I think we won 4-1. I think it was 2-0 two, two and then 2-1 and then two more goals. I think Wayne Ronald scored, Glenn Fontana scored and Steve Royal scored on the day. Um, some beautiful grounds, yeah, but um, the, the crowds were weren't huge. Huge. Yeah, and another one is um, Manly. We used to play them at um, Centennial Park. And it just so happens, like, life's funny. Um, there's a guy who lives over the back, friends from me, he's a, a, um, a, an Englishman, he's yep. 70 years old. Anyway, his best mate used to play against me in the State League. Oh, wow. And I had, had you know, it just so happens we're talking about soccer and I... So I said, oh, I played for Valgan. He said, I played against you, mongrels. <laughs> so it'd be good to go back and sort of see the teams back then if we were playing Manly to see his name and my name as um, opposites. And for, I guess, coaching-wise, George? A good coach, what yeah. sort of What sort of coach was he? What was he like, I guess? He's motivational. Um, what was he like in the sheds? Did he have sort of favourite sayings or was he pretty straight down the line and pretty direct? Well, I know being a goalkeeper, I know I was the same as well. Um, if you're on the field, you want everyone to know you're, you're there. Yep. And so, you know, he, he, could, he could scream if he wanted to, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, not, he's, he's very, uh, he's a people's person. Yep. Take, he could take you aside and so say, you know, like, you know, this is what I think, what do you think, you know yep. what I mean? So he was happy to listen to what you had to say. And, you know, I suppose respect's a two-way street, isn't it? And yep. naturally, he, him being the coach, I respected everything he said. <laughs> But, you know, back then, you know, like, we were on pretty good money too. Like, um, the Miller brothers were sponsoring Balgowney. Yeah, who had, a, had car, car yards. yards. Yeah, yep. and they brought out Don Shanks and another guy, Steve Kemp. Yep. Um, and, you know, we're, I think we are on $90 win, lose or draw, you so, know, which is a lot of money back so then. So compared to <laughs> your vocation was an accountant? I was doing you, you accounting coming? studies, yeah. So were you um, working anywhere at that point in time? Yep. I, I started ERNS. Yep. As a cadet. So what was the sort of comparison to the money that you're earning here at, at Bowgowney versus what you're earning week during the week? I was on $44 a week at ERNS and I was on $90 a game. So I was, I was like I was um, living in the life of luxury. I thought I'd won the lottery. <laughs> so for a young bloke and, and even for, for other people, they wouldn't have been, not many people would have been earning $90 a week. In, yeah. in their normal job, so you're probably right. Would... I never even sort of thought of that. So but... this was sort of, I guess, second division. You, you'd assume Safeway people might have been earning a bit more. I so... say so. I wish I was just playing nowadays for what <laughs> some of the players are getting paid now. Yeah, I guess no, some things don't change. But we're during that year. We, it was really exciting too because I got to play against Australia. Yeah, I was going to get to that in terms of um, uh, there was a Australian second eleven at yep. um, at Falls Paddock there. Yep. Um, so, what, how did that game come about? And was it Bowgowney versus them, or was it just an Elora select team? Or it was or? Um, it was Safeway United. Yep, um, was playing the, the first Australians. I think it yep. was. Um, I don't know. It's probably a warm up for the Australians because they were um, getting re- preparing for the, for the World, the World Cup. Cup. Yeah, and um, there was a second eleven Australian side. So us being the second tier side in the Illawarra, yep. we played against them, and um, I had we lost three nil. My Bowgowney did, and. Two goals were scored by John Watkiss and one by Johnny Warren. So when you look at some of the names, I just pulled it out the other day to have a look at some of the people we played against. It was Peter Ollerton, Martin Coe, who was wow. a goalkeeper. So 
there's some big names there. So it was exciting, and it was a Bulls paddock, and there was a fairly big crowd that night too. And, and for you, uh, being with the Balgiani Club um, and not getting to play um, unless it was a pre-season game or, or State <laughs> Cup game, um, how was it uh, playing at Bulls paddock? Loved it. Yeah. That, that and Memorial Park. I'd say Bulls paddock was my favourite ground. Yep. Um, played a lot of grand finals there. I've played some big games, uh, Bert Bampton games. I remember yep. we played Macedonia one night and there was over 5,000 people there. <laughs> and uh, I can remember they all used to stand behind my goal with flagons of that, um, wine and be, you know, asking me to throw the game. They'd pay me money <laughs> and all this intimidation. And I just sort of like, you know. Water off the duck's back. And after the game, we all got along really well, players anyway. But, you know, they were, a, they were a, what do you call it, antsy sort of side, you know what I mean? Yeah. They all thought they were superstars. And they'd come from second division through first division and meteoric rise to Premier League. Yeah. And they were very competitive. So some good players. So that um, uh, game where you played against the uh, second Australian eleven, mm. I, I guess it must be uh, with great fondness now that you look back on it that, you know, you're part of... That squad, you know, which is a huge historic part of Australian football, part of their preparations. Yeah, no, that's true. And, uh, you know, sort of putting it in that perspective, I never looked at it like that. But being 18, I was stupid anyway, young and stupid. So, <laughs> And now I'm old and stupid. But, um, yeah, no, it was good. And uh, it's, uh, it's exciting to know that you've sort of played those sort of games yep. at, at that elite level or against elite, uh, elite players. Yeah. And, and at the end of that 74 season, you had, a, a I guess, a tough decision to make because mm. you were like you said you're you're an accounting cadet and mm. then you were studying to become a, a, a chartered <clears throat> accountant mm. so um was it a tough decision because you had you know a great three or four years as a teenager mm-hmm. to then say oh i'm going to take a step back from state league when probably in hindsight if you'd stayed there um you could have gone further possibly i think um i think Within my own mind, I'd gone as far as I wanted to. Yep. I'd proven to myself that I could do it. Yep. Um, I was very lucky. I was named Player of the Year for Belgowney. So yep. um, that was a gratification for me and, and, and by my peers yep. that, um, that I was chosen. So, um, and there's some really good players. But um, having said um, that, um, I found that training three nights a week, travelling um, and studying, it was just too hard. Yep. I, could, I couldn't do it all. So... Um, you only last so long in soccer, whereas um, you, you've got to work for the rest of your life mostly anyway to, to get where you want to get. So the decision wasn't, there was no decision. I knew exactly what I was going to do. And, and it wasn't like the end of your career by any, by any means. Um, you went back to, to Dapdo and mm-hmm. uh, Dapdo Olympic um, uh, mid-season. So had you started off the 75 season at Balgiani and it was just a culmination of those factors that you mentioned before that you said, well... Um, sorry guys, I, I need to go back. When I signed up for Balgani, I had a clause put in my contract that I could return to DAPDO free transfer, yep. but Balgani tried to force um, a transfer fee on me, yep. but I stuck to my guns and um, I got a free transfer back to DAPDO. And it was mid-season. Yeah, I just got stale. Yep. And, and, you know, like travelling and you know, it just wears you down. I mean, I suppose for some people, they probably enjoyed it, yep. but I had a lot on my plate. I remember I... I met David Childs at yep. um, it was at Bulls Paddock, yep. and I just sort of said to him, "Look, this is what what I'm thinking, you know." Yep. And at that stage too, I and it wasn't sour grapes. I wasn't playing first grade. Yep. Um, I was sharing reserve grade with Graham Edwards, half a game each or something. Yep. And I thought, okay, 
I leave Graham Edwards. He gets a full game. I can get a full game in the Illawarra. Yep. And that's sort of the decision I made. And David was pretty good about it, but um, he still tried to enforce the transfer. Um, and at that stage, also Rodney Luck, another local player from Helensburg. Yeah, great yeah. guy. Yep. Um, he he um, had gone back to Helensburg. So, yeah, uh, it is what it is. I went back to Dapto anyway, so... <laughs> So you went, you went back to mid-season, back to Dapto. So um, you went back and, and George was coach. Mm-hmm. So um, for you, it would have been, I guess, normal service, yeah, service as normal because yeah. you'd had him the year before. Yeah, there wasn't any expectation of playing first grade, but um, I, well, I did go into first grade. But I was training one night, dislocated my shoulder. <laughs> and um, it, it just so happened that every every time like I coughed or sneezed, it would pop out, so I had to have a reconstruction. But um, it was good at that stage because there was another young Dapto boy called um, Nigel Hayes. Yep. Um, he'd been probably waiting in the wings, and he stepped up, and he became a really good, goal, good kid. goal kid. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen Nigel for a long time, but I still remember him anyway, so... And, and that, going back to Dapto, was that a pretty easy transition for you because it was your local club? I you, think being young... You knew everyone as well? I think so. And that being young, you know, sort of you didn't have that feeling of, you know, sort of you know, a need to prove anything. You yeah. know, I'd already done that. Yeah. And so I'd like to think that people respected me for what I'd done previously. And I think, as I said, I think that's what it was. And plus, it was, there's still some really good players at Dapto <laughs> as well. So that, after I dislocated my shoulder, I had to have a reconstruction... And then in 77? So it was pretty much yeah. 75 and 76 were sort of non-events for you because of your shoulder and, and yep. working that back. Yep. So um, was that a tough injury back then to, to come back from, especially as a goalkeeper? Especially because I'm diving. It's a, it's a mental thing. Yep. And it was on my left, my left shoulder. And um, it was a partial one, but at the same stage, I had to have my arm in a sling for eight weeks. And then... After that, I had to rehabilitate, get the muscle yep. toned back. So, yeah, it was. But um, I don't know. Maybe I was fearless. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I just kept going about the same business. But, uh, yeah, it was it was hard, you know. Like, And then you have to sort of think, well, do I still want to play or, yep. you know. And I, naturally, I still did. It was my passion. So it's good. So 77, um, mm-hmm. you had in your timeline that you were needing the new challenge mm-hmm. and you were feeling stale at Dapto. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what brought, a, brought about um, or what was the decision-making to, to go to, to West <coughs> Victory Soccer Club um, midway through the season? Peter Neely again. He's always, he's always been there for, um, for me. He's a good friend. Known each other over 50 years. Anyway, he was at, he was at West Victory then. He yep. said, well come out and have a go, you know, yep. you know, we're looking for someone, you know, goalkeeper. And he said, we have a reserve, they didn't have a reserve grade goalkeeper. We had um, Dave Thomas was in yeah. first grade. Great, great guy, great um, goalkeeper as well. So in one game before the turn of the, the second part of the season, yep. I went to victory, they're coming last. We won every game all the way in and missed out on the premiership by a point to, to Balambi. And, and and at that time, I think um, in in seventy seven, it was mm-hmm. Wally Miller who who was uh, coaching first grade. That's right. So, um, what do you recall of your sort of first sort of year there at the club? Oh, you it was know, good. The people around like Wally and and others there. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. And there was there's Terry Hurl. There's a lot that had the English influence. Yeah, you know, and they like a beer. Yeah, you know, not that I liked a beer, but I eventually did like a beer. <laughs> um, 
and we had we had just had a great great camaraderie. We all just got along really really well, and um, just had depth. You know, yeah. had Ian Potter. You know, we, we had some great players. You know what I mean? Wally, um, Wayne Ronald come back to Fig Tree. Uh, Steve Sowry, Steve Royal. Great players. Uh, Rob Noakes later on. Oh, actually, Rob was uh, under 18s when I came there. Yep. But we, had, we just had great players all along. Really so good. for you, um, the connection with Peter, which you'd had since juniors, yep. was was an important aspect to there. But it, it sounds like um, you made uh, new friends pretty quickly. Yeah, it did. And it's funny you talk about Peter. I'll just say it very quickly anyway. When I first moved to Dapto and I went to registration, he and I never got along. Because <laughs> uh, he was a pretty good player then, and I thought I was a pretty good player, and I suppose two opposites don't attract. Okay. Yeah, so, so you had you had developed some good friendships oh, yeah. there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, I ended up staying at Fig Tree for nearly on ten years. So, um, you know, people come, people go, but um, I've, I've made some really good friends there, and um, there's um, five that I still see nowadays. We go out with a, we've known each other even before we were married and had kids. There's a Unfortunately, Greg Thurling has passed away, Peter Neely, um, Rob Sharrick, yep. um, Dave McGoldrick, and yep. Frank Piccolini. Oh, wow. So there's, we've all been there for each other over the years, we've gone to the marriages, um, had seen our children, and still get together every uh, two or three months. And that must be a very um, good aspect, uh, I think, we all enjoy about the game, isn't it? Well, Tracker, we've scored thousands of goals, and I think <laughs> I've saved a thousand. <laughs> no, it is a good aspect, and um, uh, I think, you know, like, we, we look back at it and we really enjoy talking about different ones and current ones. So, 78, um, uh, you're at West Victory and your shoulder again um, um, yep. uh, flares up and you dislocated it. Was, was that a, you had to have a full reconstruction this time, was mm-hmm. that... Was that frustrating for you because you just found a new club where a great bunch of blokes, yep. a very strong club, as yep. we all know, um, in that period and later on. So was that frustrating from a just a selfish soccer perspective? Possibly. Um, I, st- I still went to all the games and yep. I, I still turned up at training. Yep. Um, I think as, as I got older, I knew that there was more, more um, rehabilitation I had to do, whereas yep. when I was younger, I was you know, re- probably... Um, I um, healed quicker. Yep. As you get older, you heal a little bit slower. So I put in all the hard yards. Um, at a, that stage, at no stage at all, that I think that I wouldn't come back and play. But then again, you still have that. I've still got to dive on my left shoulder, yep. you know. So, but um, touch wood. And I'm putting my hand on my head. Um, nothing's happened since. My shoulder's still good. So because you're still. Um in, in sort of chronological terms, you were still pretty young then in 78. It was, yes. It was still only 23, but was. your body had seen, you know, uh, quite a bit of football there, I guess, mm. eight or nine seasons of senior football. That's right. Yeah. Um, so um, it had taken a, I guess, the manicured grounds of today weren't weren't the case back then. No, but I remember when I made my comeback, we are playing Lysarts at Lysarts, and that's not a bad ground to make a comeback <laughs> on. And um, I remember... I can't remember who had the shot. It was from the 18-yard line. It was like a bullet, and I just dived and saved it. It was game on again. Yeah. So you come back, mm-hmm. and um, like you said, you, you come back stronger than ever. Um, but there was a time there where you had to um, uh, replace the, the mate, mighty uh, Dave Thomas. I did. And, and, and so for people who don't know, and, and you can elaborate on this, um, he was known as Tammy Thomas in the boxing fraternity. So... Um, mm. 
he was an imposing man. In he that was sense. a he was a and people a, knew about his boxing uh, they abilities. Yeah, they did, and he was he was a big bloke, but had a great sense of humour. But um, I remember Wally Miller telling me that um, I was going to be playing first grade. I thought, oh my God, how is he going to take this? And we were sponsored by Western Suburbs Leagues. And I remember sitting down at the table and he came over towards me and he had this look of thunder on his face. And I went, oh, he's going to hit me, he's going to hit me. <laughs> anyway, he just reached over and he tapped me on the head and he said, well done. <laughs> how good's that? That just showed you what a you know, um, professional he was. So that, um, like I said, the uh, 79, the, mm-hmm. the team came fifth. Um, you know, uh, it was... I think he only won one home game at, at Harry Graham that year. Um, 79 was Tony McDonald. Yeah. Yeah, a hard year. He ran us into the ground before we even played. So uh, uh, I think we were pretty burnt. From from other guys, uh, whether it was um, Kevin Lewis of Bulleye or, mm-hmm. or whatnot, he, he, he really was a, a fitness Freak. fitness coach, wasn't he? Yep. yep. Personally himself and then as a coach. Yep. So was it tough on, tough on the guys? I think so, yeah. I, I know him myself. I felt I felt burnt. I felt yep. I, I'd run that much. I couldn't run anymore. And once you do that, sometimes you know your leg muscles don't you know, push you as much as you should. And, and I'm not blaming Tony. That was his method. You know yep. what I mean? But I, I just think, yeah, we're a little bit spent in before we started. And do you think at the end of that year, because he only had the the one season mm-hmm. in '79, that that's when you know there was a change in in Phil Carr and Luke Robart? Yeah, that was an interesting one too. Double coaches. Yeah, yeah, I've spoken to Ian and and and, and Jen and and, and yourself uh, now. Um, what was your thoughts when you first heard amongst the playing group that there was a sort of double coaching? There was a lot of player coaches back then. Yeah, well, I knew uh, Luke. Coach. Yeah, I knew Luke through. Like, he used to play. He used to play for Balambi and then he played for Victory in his later yep. years. Um, he was more the fitness side. Phil was more the tactical side. Yep. And it worked really well, to yep. tell you the truth. Um, you know, they had to make hard decisions along the way with different things. I know one stage later on I got dropped and yep. there was a reason and they spoke about it. So, yeah, uh, it worked out really well. And then again, uh, Luke was very gregarious, a real, you know, happy-go-lucky bloke and he yep. could attract players um, to, the, to the club. And as I said, we had some really good players come through. Well, that um, uh, 1980s um, season was uh, was pretty handy in itself in in the sense that you were... You know, you've won the Coromel Leagues knockout. Mm. Um, you made the grand final. It was still a successful season, although you got beaten by Ferry Meadow. Mm. Uh, what do you recall of that year? Well, the beginning of the year, Rob Noakes, myself and Dave Draper went to America for three months. And um, when we came back, Fig Tree had leaked in 15 or 20 goals or something and was sitting sort of towards the end. Yep. And I think... I went straight into first grade, so did Rob, and Dave was a ma- Dave, Dave wasn't a player as a manager, and we won nine games straight. So from there, um, we beat Ferry Meadow in the semi final, one nil, I think it yep. was. Ferry Meadow was a good side. Yeah, um, they they beaten us in both games during the year, um, and in the grand final, it's just one of those things. You know, they scored a couple of quick goals, and I remember Kel Potter saved Phil a shot from Phil Brown, yep. which could have made it two one. And I think at that stage we were right on, right on them, but they just ran away with it. They're good side. I can't can't fault them on that day anyway. But the worst thing was it was televised. <laughs> I think it was the only grand finals being televised in the Illawarra. Oh, wow. And it was at Memorial Park and the score was 5-1. <laughs> I don't know how I looked in on, on um, TV, but I was pretty demoralised afterwards. But, I mean, the goals were like 
cut back six yard line bang yeah. you know sort of not all of them I can't remember all of them but yeah it was good we had a good year anyway to get to where we did anyway yeah. and the following year I think Ferry Meadow went into the state league yeah they uh they did go in there and nearly got into the NSL uh, for you um and the rest of the players and committee and coaches at the end of that um uh, 1980 season um mm. you were demoted um oh, yes what I was on the committee actually. Yeah, so tell us a bit about. Um, there was uh, a um, there was a there was an application form that needed to be filled out in yep. relation to where you were going with your ground. At that stage, um, the direction was to have your all the Premier League grounds fenced. Yep. Uh, which was a, a, a great initiative, but at that stage we were looking to move to Johansson Park. Um, we. Built the ground up, had the levees, uh, put the levees around, the banks around yep. the side of it, and then um, the neighbours complained. They complained that it would be noisy, and so it got knocked on the head. But in the interim, we filled out an application, and in it we hadn't said anything about fencing the ground. So all of a sudden <laughs> this direction comes through that we've been demoted. Wow. Felt like we're in the grand final one year, and we're playing first division the next year. And it was... Um, it's a testament to all the players. Um, we all st- stuck together and we said that none of us were going to leave and we'd stay together and play th- the first division out the following year. Because it wouldn't be um, me exaggerating things here by saying that you know three or four of the players in the first grade squad, possibly a bit more, could have easily gone elsewhere and, oh, and been signed up by other Premier League clubs. Yep. And um, as it was, we all stuck together. And as you said, there were some. we still had some great players and... Um, and I suppose it's a bit, bit galling to know that you're playing first division. Not, not that there's nothing wrong no, with first division, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but not disrespectful. But in the circumstances, it... It was, it, was a, it was a shock. I was completely dumbfounded. And, you know, we didn't have any recourse at all. That was it. The decision was made and that's it. We had to get on with it. And, and, and what did, um, uh, when did you join the, the committee? Um, was it... I'd been, on the, I'd been on the committee for about five or six years. Yep. Um, so, treasurer. Yep. Um, not secretary, um, just as a committee member. Yep. Um, we used to, Peter Neely and I used to have to go to West, Western Suburbs Board every year and put forward a case as to why we could get some money from them, what, what we'd done, yep. how we promoted the club. So it was a bit of a hiccup that year. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't feel very good going there that night. <laughs> and, and whatever happened to the um, Johansson Park there, was it because of the neighbours mm. and their uh, sort of feedback or negative feedback to the council that 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 was then scuttled, was it? That's exactly right. And we put a lot of effort in too. You know, we'd sort of, as I said, banked the ground and, you know, yep. that, there was a lot of hard work put in. Um, it's, uh, I think it's a cricket. They play cricket there, junior cricket. Yeah. There, you know? Yeah, but um, anyway, we went back to, to Fig Tree Oval <laughs> and um, it got fenced eventually. So, um, but um, in 1981, is it? 81? Yeah, 81 was when you were yeah. in first division. Yeah, so we got, we got um, relegated... Played 1981 and won all three grades, all grand finals. So it must have uh, been sort of during the year, sort of, you know, whether it was spoken about or not, that, okay, we're going to work our hardest here as a committee, as coaches, as players, and and prove ourselves so we can get back up. Yeah, I I think um, as players we didn't have to prove ourselves. I think we'd already done that the year before. But I I think um, we just had a different direction that, that year. And uh, I think we all had the same goal. We are going to be in Premier League the following year. So it's a, a very, uh, I guess, 
very good thing from a club perspective to win three league championships mm-hmm. and and two uh, two grand finals, but to then uh, go back in '82 into the Premier League and mm. then back it up, especially in first grade, mm. um, to win the league um, and then win the grand final and do the double, um, mm. you know, it's very satisfying. It, it must mm. be a, a big thing. Yeah, no, it was good, and I think in the previous year I'd been dropped actually I'd gone away and Sean Billington had played a blinder so he stayed in first grade and I remember on the day of the grand final I got a phone call from Phil Carr and he said you're playing first grade I said what and he said Sean Billington put his he put his hand under his lawnmower and cut his finger off (laughs) so I said well I can't I've I've been playing reserve grade so I want to still play for them and he said you can't you've got to play first grade and that's it just in case you get injured and there was a there was a, a clause in the in the um, uh, statutes, yep. soccer, that we could we could um, we could sign on a player for that day. It was Gary Gibbons, oh, wow. and he was he was a really good goalkeeper. He played for Unandera, so never played for Victory all year, and he played in the grand final and and won. <laughs> so it was. So you did end up playing first grade in that one, or did yeah, you I did. Yet? I played first grade. I think we beat Russellvale three 0 or something. I can't remember what it was. Yep, Michelle Arbor, one of them. <laughs> They all seem to mingle into each other over the years, but uh, I think we 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 beat Shalab. And that was eighty two that we're talking there. Uh, no, no, no. Eighty one. Eighty one. Yeah. So eighty two. Um, you're you're back in reserve grade uh, predominantly in eighty yeah. two. Yeah. And so it seems to me, um, like Bulleye and other strong clubs of, of those eras, that there was a lot of, I guess, clubmen. That, that put their own egos yep. to the back of the mind and, and then focused on making the club as strong as can be, whether it be in reserve grade or, or off the bench in first grade. Yeah, I think there's a camaraderie as well. Um, built up a lot of really good friendships over a period of time. People had started off as kids, ended up as men. Um, and honestly, it was a really good club to be at. I didn't think at any other stage that I wanted to go anywhere else. And I, I just knew that I was going to see my time out there. Yeah. Um, even when I finished at Fig Tree, um, I had people ring me up, said, I, could I play for them? Didn't have to train. <laughs> I just said, look, you know, I was only 30, I think, when I retired. And I just said, if I was going to play for a club, I'd play for Fig Tree. Yeah. I said, but, you know, thanks, but no thanks. For you, um, those next, uh, you know, sort of 82, 83, 84 and 85, mm. the last four years there, you know, you predominantly playing reserve grade? I did play first grade for here, a, and there. here and there. Yeah, I think there was one season in between there that I played first grade, probably two actually. But, um, you know, it, it, didn't, it didn't sort of phase me much anyway. And it, I'd, I'd got married and I had a son and I had a, a family and, you know, more, different commitments, you know, but I still enjoyed the, the, um, the, the sport on the Saturday. But I got too much towards the end, if I can just go ahead. Yep. It just worked out that come um, 85 when I decided not to play anymore, you were training twice a week, you're playing a Burt Bampton on a Wednesday, yeah, yeah. you're playing a Saturday game, maybe a backup for Burt Bampton on the Sunday. Sunday. So I was playing five days a week, you know, and, and I couldn't you, do that. You're as a always thing. a wanted man as a goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. So got for... a sore back picking them out of the net, I think. <laughs> what about um, other coaches there? For a while there, you had Bill Burns. Billy Burns, bagger. So, so what was, uh, was he just a sort of normal reserve grade coach? And when I say normal, um, one that sort of is the link between, I guess, youth grade and, and first grade and then takes what they're given and, and does the best with what they can That's do? That's basically what he 
that's what he did. He, he didn't have any say, really. <laughs> I mean, he was there as a um, reserve grade coach, probably by name. I mean, he did run us around, but yep. usually reserve grade and first grade trained together anyway. Yep. But uh, he's a good bloke. Oh, banger. Yeah, no, he's, he's fine. And, and I, I, you know, like sometimes people don't want to put their hand up, and I'm yep. sure he, he did that so that there'd be someone there for, you know, as a status, a coach. And, and in those years as well, because you'd been there um, since 77, you'd seen, you know, some of those older guys sort of transition out. Mm-hmm. But then you saw a lot of younger guys come through, you know, the likes of Dave Green, yep. Sean Billington that you yep. spoke about, Phil Brown. Soxie, um, Ian Witheridge. Ian Witheridge, yep. um, you know, whether it was La- Paul Larry Cole, Barringer. Yeah, Larry Barringer. So yeah. was it satisfying um, you're on the committee and as an older sort of, clubman to see those younger guys come through yeah oh definitely um and i i would turn up to nearly every game i'd see the under 18s play we had, yep. there were some really good players there's a craig armel was a yep. fig tree junior ended up playing first grade for fern hill goalkeeper yeah um there's some really really good players um larry was one of them as sean as another uh yeah it was a feeder and you know like um the club still was strong um and it still had that nice air about it yep. it was just a really good club to pay, play for your time had come to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, it seemed a pretty easy decision where mm-hmm. you were uh, at a family sense and, and in terms of your work life that, you know, um, time was called. Yep. Um, did you then remain at the club for a couple of years as a committee member? Or no, what? I didn't. I terminated. I, um, you mentioned earlier on cricket and soccer. Yep. I went back to playing cricket. Yep. Um, I didn't have to train too much for that. <laughs> and... Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed that. I did that for two or three seasons. But it's like everything, you know. When I left Fig Tree, my second son was born. Yep. Martin, who's a Balgani player. Yeah. And um, you just know, you know. I, I just knew, and it, and it was too hard. on you know, not a bit selfish on my heart. Yep. By half, you know, and sort of, it was time to step up and help my wife. And and what about um, Adrian Ringland? Mm-hmm. Um, he was there as a youth grade coach yes. around that that time and had done a lot in you know the federation days, as, as you'd know. Um, how was he to have around at the club? Oh, he's good. Um, actually, I just saw him a couple of weeks ago. We had our fig tree reunion. And um, no, he's good. And his memories are like, he's got a still trap memory. You know, yeah. he remembers everything. He remembers everything and anything. And can I sort of just, I think him... When I went to Fig Tree in 1977, um, I remember we got to the grand final against Balambi and we had, our, we had a, a theme song for the year. It was um, Rio by When My Baby Goes to Rio by yep. Peter Allen. Anyway, so Ringo gets in the shed and he's about to make the, um, you know, the, the speech before we run out to play yep. the grand final. Anyway, in my bag I had a tape tape recorder and I had it set for Peter Allen so even before he said anything I pressed the button and everybody erupted and we all started singing when my baby goes to Rio even before we ran out to play the grand final so I don't know what Blavy was thinking when they heard us because and Ringo went what what can I say can't so we went out we beat them 3-0 actually on the day and that was, that was reserve grade wasn't it, it? was yeah. that's when I first went to Fig Tree um, Rob Noakes scored yeah. um, Brian O'Hagan and Greg Thurley so uh, you know it can you can tell, and, and I'm sure the listener can tell uh, the sort of fondness and, and positivity in your voice about about the club. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for you, um, uh, later down the track, you know, ten odd years or, or a little bit more, where where they had to merge with Union Dera, was it was it a bit um, sad for you? I know you'd probably moved on in terms of where you were in your life, but mm. was it still sad? To, it was to see that they weren't a standalone club and. 
and that they've moved away from Harry Graham. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think one of the main things that I always was sorry for was that the fig tree juniors and the fig tree seniors could never get it together. They just yep. have to be two separate entities that couldn't see yep. eye to eye. And moving to Unandera, I thought was probably the worst thing that could ever happen. I think the club died that day. Yep. So, uh, and a lot of people still say it should have gone, you know, gone back to Fig Tree to Harry Graham. And uh, I guess the flip side to that um, is that you guys, as you've mentioned a couple of times already, still catch up every year, and you know, there's probably a swathe of um, men and women that can turn up and yeah, and, and hang around. Well, it doesn't have to be Fig Tree guys or West yeah, yeah. Fig Tree guys. Um, I think we were talking earlier on, Barry Robinson turned up from Shell Harbour. Yep. Um, yeah, no, it's good. I mean, there's nothing better than getting together and talking about soccer and <laughs> you know, all the good old days and the games that you've played. You only talk about the wins, we didn't talk much about the losses. <laughs> well, there was a lot of success there when you were there, so that, that, that's always a positive. Yeah. With, um, with other sort of, uh, I guess, incidents that happened, you had in your timeline... Um, about the 1977 reserve grade final. Well, so that's um, the one I just mentioned. So sorry, you you just spoke about that. Um, what about uh, Peter Neely and, and the Nutcracker incident? <laughs> Can you elaborate on I, that? I, I'll do it very quickly. Anyway, we were playing a game up at. Um, you'll probably kill me for this. We we're playing a game up at Tarawana, yep. and he cop one fair in the Crown Jewels, <laughs> which had he had to get taken off. Yeah. Anyway, we all just laughed about it because um, he's a German. Um, Heritage, so we always called him Gunter. That was his nickname. Yeah. So we always said, I oh, had square nuts, you know, joke, <laughs> joking around. Anyway, that night I got a phone call from Peter's wife, Helen, and his testicle had twisted and it had, had, um, it had um, engorged and got yeah. larger and he had to be rushed to hospital and get operated on. And um, he was lucky. <laughs> he nearly lost his manlyhood, I think, that night. Cool. But um, what happened was I, when he, when he was um, recovering, I sort of said to him, I said, oh, I said... I just spoke to the doctor and I said, he said, when he looked at you, you, you know, red, yellow, blue, green, yeah, and, and I said, um, I said, that must be the makings of the Rubik's Cube. <laughs> <laughs> so he had all the colours that were on it anyway. So, and having, the, as the pretense of having a square testicle. I said to him, it's better his testicles than mine anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, Greg Thurley? Yeah, God rest his soul. A good yeah. friend of mine, Greg. Um, we're playing 1979 under uh, Tony McDonald. Yep. And Tony always said, if you have those extra couple of beers, it's like carrying two, two bricks. Yep. And we're sitting out at Shell Harbour and Gregory's in his bag. And I looked in there and I, there's two bricks in there because we had a couple <laughs> of beers the night before. And I said, I don't think that's a good idea, Greg. And he said, oh, no, Tony's got a good sense of humour. Anyway, he pulled him out, never played first grade again for the whole year. <laughs> Dropped him for the whole year. So what did so he... the two bricks weren't very good. So he brought out the two bricks too. Greg had him in his training bag. Yeah, and, he, and he was he was like the cliche, you know, he, Showing he was saying two bricks, I've had some drinks. So Tony's uh, metaphor that he brought up to the players when it was physically shown to him in that way, uh, he uh, obviously resented it in the sense that he never picked him again. Well, yeah, I said to him at the time, I said, I don't think it's a good <laughs> idea. And he was only young, so anyway. If I run through a, a few players, uh, can I get your thoughts on on uh, what you thought of them? Okay, um, I'm not going to be sued, am I? No, oh, not good. at all. Not <laughs> at all. Uh, Rob Noakes. Yeah, great guy. Can you tell me when we talk, uh, when I put these names forward, just a bit about um, the position they played out in the field mm -hmm. and what you recall and anything off the field if you can? 
Yeah, well, Rob and I went to America together for a few months. Um, couldn't think of a better bloke to go around with, actually. He was a good style of a bloke back then, too. Yeah. A bit of a ladies' man, but, um, well, the ladies liked him, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, he was good. He's hard, strong player. Predominantly yeah. left foot, but he could hit with both feet. Um, fast, um, good in the air. He had some really good players to feed off. Um, and I think a lot of times with his speed, they used that to, to, his, uh, to his benefit, I should say. Yep. Yeah, um, good bloke. Uh, funny. Um, we still get along really well, talk, you know, and have a laugh. And, you know, we don't talk too much about the USA. That was a long time ago. But um, as I said, um, and my parents went around Australia for three or four years and Rob came and lived out with me out at Dapto. I lived in Kennelka Road for about six or seven months with Leo Bruce. That's wow. like the Three Stooges, I think. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, he's a good guy. And um, I can only speak highly of him. And, and what about Leo? Uh, <laughs> Leo? Leo's a good bloke. Leo's Leo. Um, he was a goalkeeper, of course. Yep. Um, uh, we got on really well. Uh, he's always, if there's an incident and something happens, Leo's always, was usually involved in it, you know. <laughs> It'd be happy to be something silly. But uh, I remember he, he, um, he was in goals when I went, I went away skiing one weekend and they played Furry Meadow. And um, we lost 2-1 and I think someone's... Uh, he's got a goal scored against him from halfway. <laughs> I think he was out and went over his head. Oh, I thought it could only happen to Leo. <laughs> and, and what about um, uh, Steve Sowery? Steve, yeah, um, a quiet type of guy. Um, he was, well, I, I shouldn't say that because um, he always thought he was Rod Stewart. He was always singing <laughs> in a band. And, you know, if we had a presentation night, he'd be up there, you know, singing with the boys. Because uh, there was uh, Tarquin, which had um, Jimmy McCallum in it. Yep. And I think they all sort of got together because Jim was part of Fig Tree when I got there as well. Um, good player, strong in the air, really good with his head. Um, but um, he, the last year I was at Fig Tree, he was the reserve grade coach, yep. and I sat on the sat on the bench bench with him, and uh, we. We won the grand final that year in a penalty shootout, and he didn't even know we'd won. He thought we'd lost. I'm saying, you won the grand final. So he, he was really, he got really excited, but he wasn't really excitable, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he um, yeah, he's kept to himself a bit, but uh, he's a good player and a good bloke to be around too. Uh, what about Paul Cole? Paul, yeah. Um, hard, um, good player, right, right fullback. Yep. Um, always good to have. I, I had him on one side and... Um, Daryl Burley on the other, Shaver. Yeah, good. But a bit of a larrikin. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he liked a beer. <laughs> like we all did it back then, I suppose. I shouldn't just point that out. <laughs> no, but he was a good player. And he was, he, was, he was hard. Even though he was only slightly built, he was hard and strong. And, and what about Daryl Burley, Shaver? Shaver, How yeah. How did that name come about? Uh, well, when he made his debut in the fig tree, he didn't have a whisker on his face. <laughs> so... It was just a natural progression to call him <laughs> Shaver. You know, it was just a, a the opposite of what it really was. He was a good, good player, could read a game really well, hard, good overlap. You know, fast yeah. down the down the wing. Had some good players, but you know, and we they were feeding good players too. Like had Phil Brown in the midfield. Yeah, well, let's talk about Phil and, and mm. give him a bit of extra time because um, uh, whether it be uh, people that have played with Fig Tree or, or not, um, people speak highly of him. Mm. Uh, what's, what was his sort of makeup for the people that uh, might not have watched him or, or seen him play? He's probably the best player I've seen in the Illawarra. Yep. Um, um, and Keith Miller I put probably just below him. Yep. Um, Phil was fantastic on the ball, could shield it, great skills. Yep. Um, 
the unfortunate thing with Phil is he could see ahead of what everyone else was thinking. He he could put a ball on a sixpence, yep. and what all you wanted to do is have someone to be thinking what he was, he was thinking, thinking, and the ball would be there waiting for you. And then he was, you know, hard, strong, scored goals, um, good player to have. I'd, I'd rather have him in my side than be against him anyway. <laughs> no, he's a good player. And uh, I would say, as I said, he's probably the best player I've seen in the Illawarra. And what about uh, Soxie, Ian Witheridge? Yeah, Soxie's, um, well, his nickname came about. We had to end the season trip and basically when we got to our hotel room, he opened his suitcase, it was full of socks. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the saying goes anyway. So that's how he got his nickname, Soxie. Hard, hard player, good player, strong. He still played on at Victory after I, I'd finished. Yep. Um, played midfield, left all right, it didn't matter. Um, but strong in the air. But as I said, we, we had some good sides. And once, you win, once you win the ball, it just laid, you know, there was people to lay it off to. You spoke about um, Greg Thurling before, mm. but, but as a player, what was his position and, and, and what made him a, a good player? <clears throat> well, he was, he was very slightly built, very skinny, um, but he was really good on the ball and he had a great shot, you yeah. know, really strong shot, powerful actually, so you could strike him from 20 or 18 yards back then. Um, but he was good on the ball. He played midfield. Yep. Um, probably sat between midfield and, and, and attackers. So just that sort of floating extra forward. Um, but after the 1979 um, fiasco with the two bricks, um, <laughs> he left victory and he went to Unandera. Um, I think he thought his time was up there. He probably thought he'd burnt his bridges, but um, <laughs> that was his decision anyway. But as I said... Um, he was a great friend, and, and he and his wife Bev, or well, Bev's still a great friend as well. And, and what about Larry Berenger? Um, you know, <laughs> what can I say huge, about all these guys? Career. Yeah, well, Larry was very uh, dominant in the uh, centre half. Yep. Um, probably had him on one side, Peter Neely on the other side. Two good yep. guys in the air. Larry is strong, but real muscly and and hard, hard as hard as nails. Um, Good, good to have him in front of me, you know. Was, I mean, sometimes you just feel really comfortable in yourself, you know, knowing that those guys are there. Yeah. But um, everyone seemed to know everybody's game. Even though we, over the years, probably lost, lost some or didn't get the semis, we still put in the effort. And Larry, Larry's, I saw him the other day at their reunion. Yeah, he's, he's fine. No, he's good. And he came through as a junior, 18-year-old. I used to yep. watch him in juniors. Um, did his time in reserve grade and just took it in his stride when he got into first grade. Never looked back. And and for you, um, uh, we've spoken a bit before about Wally Miller. Mm -hmm. You know, um, an important figure in the club um, as a player and as a coach. Mm -hmm. So, um, what about him? Well, I mean, if it wasn't for him, I don't know whether I would have stayed at Fig Tree. He just had that um, great persona, um, yep. people's person, funny. You know. Um, and he had all those Englishmen around him. Oh my God! You know some of the things they got up there make you make your hair curl. But you know, like the likes Ian Potter, uh, Jimmy Wright, um, Terry Hurley. Yep. There, there were some really good players there. And Wally, as I said, he attracted. Yep. You know, and um, there was him, and there was another guy called Georgie Tours. He played reserve grade predominantly, um, but they really eat that English. You know, yabba yabba yabba. You know, <laughs> and uh, Wally's sons end up coming and playing for Fig Tree. Yeah. Liz and Keith. When you look back um, at your career, um, you're obviously proud about your involvement at, at Fig Tree, mm -hmm. but there was a lot of time there at Dapdo as well. Do you, does part of your sort of soccer heart 
feel like there's there's a bit of Dapdo in there as well as West Fig Tree? No. Or was that more because you were younger and Yeah, I think it was younger. That that was that was the grooming stages. Yep. Um, and I think you remember more about your later years or the yep. teams that you played for. And that's where I that's where my heart was, was with West Fig Tree. Um, had some great times there, had met some fantastic people, still still meet a lot of people. Um uh, as I said, I, we spoke about Jan Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I still see Jan. Jan sent me a, uh, a text, actually, to thank me for what I said. <laughs> I said, oh, well, I said, they must have cut out the parts, <laughs> the bad parts. So, uh, no, he just laughed. No, that's good. But um, you make friendships like that, and then they're, they're not just on the field. They're forever. And, and, and your time at Baugiani, how, do, how, do, how does that sort of sit in your memory? Because, um, you know, you, you, you're challenging yourself. You went mm. up to State League. You had a period of time there where you, you did well and, yeah. and it sort of, I guess, ran along being part of the combined high school's New South Wales team as yeah. well. So It was a euphoria thing, I think. I, I think having been selected in that, um, the schoolboy side, uh, that gave me the um, confidence to go higher. And yep. it just so happened that Balgani was looking at putting a team in the state league and they're after the best players. So I suppose I'm lucky in the fact that I was chosen and also um, happy in the fact that I was player of the year. Not that I don't want to spruik about that. No, but, no, no. Um, I, and I played with elite players and um, I've been really lucky in my life that I've been able to do that and some really good players. Yeah. I mean, you look at that side, you could, you know, like this strikers were Glenn Fontana, Wayne Ronald, yeah, and, Steve and other Sarah, players like John Moore, Cropper and Johnny Cropper, yeah, you know, Tarawana boy. I guess um, uh, finishing up though, um, the overall friendships that you've developed, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, you've spoken highly of, of, a, of a fair few men and whatnot. So um, that must be, uh, I guess, the the cherry on top that that you can still see people now and yeah. and reminisce and then still have direct friendships that you still carry to yeah, this course. day from, from decades ago. It's, it's good in a way too. And the, the beauty about it is I had two sons who played soccer yep. and they're finding out more probably about me from the sideline than I would tell them. Yep. So, um, you know, you don't want to um, push your own cart. So um, it's nice that people can sort of talk to him and sort of say, oh, yeah, Dad used to do this and that. He'll come to me and he'll say, you, n- you never told me that. And I just said, ah. Oh. <laughs> and he, he got, you know, like when I brought out a scrapbook and showed him he got yep. you know real excited or they both did anyway so you know I saw those things you just put aside you don't even think, think about, about you know but uh, they can be proud in what they've done as well so um, you know as a father I'm really um, proud of that and and in terms of your kids um, mm-hmm. to, to coach them or have some interaction <clears throat> in, in in them playing the sport not with soccer okay. but I did with cricket, cricket. yeah um, my son Martin plays first grade for Kira but um, in his junior years, uh, and my other son Mitchell, when he was here, um, I used to cart him around and coach him. And, and it's like a typical thing, as I mentioned about my dad, you know, with the 1963 Holden with eight <laughs> of us in the back. Well, basically my car was a taxi because as much as kids want to play, the parents don't want to turn up. Turn up. So I was forever shuffling around on a Saturday morning, so I was really glad when I got a home game at Balgownie because <laughs> he played for Balgownie Juniors. But, yeah, no, it was good. I mean, and you... You like those type of things, you know, like father-son thing. It's a little yep. bit of a bonding, you know. Yeah. They probably don't appreciate it because they're young, younger and, um, you know, the, their adolescence hasn't kicked in, but um, I'm sure they appreciate it now anyway. Well, I hope they do. I hope you're listening. <laughs> well, I hope they're listening too. And, and like I said at the start of the interview, uh, Phil, I, 
I uh, greatly thank you for allowing me into your home. Uh, a lot of respect goes out from me to you mm. and, and allowing me into your archives and, and giving up your time on a Sunday afternoon. Um, having a chat with me, I really appreciate it. So thank you very much for your time. Uh, well, it's not, <clears throat> not you should be thanking me, Track. It should be the other way around. Because what you're doing here is um, a fantastic thing. And I know um, you put a lot of effort into it as a historian now. Um, and I suppose that sits well with you. Yeah, You're no, excited and finding out about stuff. Yeah, it's it's great to find out about these uh, other eras. Uh, you know, I've played myself, and then when you hear about people like yourself and played against some many many wonderful players, so to sort of delve into it, um, you know, I'm getting a lot out of it myself. Yeah, no, that's good, mate. And um, I'm sure the the soccer community really appreciates everything you're doing. I know that I've spoken to other guys. I know Jan Cooper was over the over the moon with yeah, the interview. And, and I'll keep, uh, you know, it's one in six that will say yes, and the blokes and and uh, the women that are nervous uh, don't be. Um, I don't bite, and <laughs> I really appreciate um, what's happening and, and the support that I'm, I'm getting on social media as well as the podcast. So yeah, thank yeah. you very much, well, you Bill. Deserve that tra- you deserve that tracker anyway. goes without saying, I'm glad I'm one of the six that you interviewed anyway. <laughs> no. Thank you very much. Appreciate okay, it. Okay, mate. Thanks again. Well, it is here where we finish episode 42. Once again, I'd like to thank Phil and his wife, Kate, for their time and for access to Phil's archives. It was an absolute pleasure. As always, thank you for listening and downloading this podcast. I'm your host, Travis. Goodbye for now.